right, we are back with another interviewee here at the Winnebago Super Pride Carnival. You know, my favorite superhero was here today, me. <laughs> I came as myself and I feel pretty much like a superhero today after having some of the conversations that I've had with the folks. I really feel like everybody who's talked to me today is something of a superhero as well. And this next guest is no exception. This person has been performing drag for more than 11 years. And their drag birthday is and is pretty much almost every drag queen's birthday, which is Halloween. Uh, <laughs> theirs happened October 31st, 2010. They love horror movies. They love to cook. They're not really a big fan of cleaning. They say they despise it. And honestly... They do love to do everything that drag has to offer. They're family-oriented, friend-oriented, and if you're in their circle, they will go out of their way for you. Please welcome uh, to the to the podcast, Samaj Allure. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. You know, I'm going to start out with, I think that you should share with everyone... You know, because there's all those things on Facebook where you can go uh, figure out what your drag name is. And you, like, have to pick your birth month and then you pick your birth year and then you pick the street you lived on or whatever to figure yeah. out your drag name. Yeah, I remember that. And your story about your drag name is really fun. So I want you to start by sharing with me how you came up with Samaj Allure. Okay. Um Actually, it was a group effort between me and my one of my best friends. Um, his name is um, Tom. He actually performed here and there as a drag queen himself, as Natalia. And I was watching... Okay, when RuPaul's Drag Race first came out, I watched the first season. You know, at first, kind of like, oh, because I wasn't a drag queen then. I was just very interested in what... To see what they do. So when the second season rolled around, I was like, I think I'm going to do this. I was like, I think I really am going to do this. So I told um, Tom about it, and I, he's asked, what would your drag name be? And I'm like, you know what? I have no idea. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, like because of my heritage being Native American, Hispanic, and Irish, I was trying to think of the most exotic name that anyone could think of. <laughs> And Do you remember any of the names that you initially came up with? Oh, there was so many. <laughs> and honestly, I think one was like Elisa. Some I can't even remember the last name I picked. But, you know, all in all, I was just like, no, I don't think that's a good one. But my friend Tom, actually, he's actually came up, came up with it. I pick him up the next day and he was like, I think I actually got your drag name. Oh. And I was like, what? You know, and he said, yeah, I was up all night messing around with names and everything. He said, so, but I came up with this. I'm like, okay, what is it? He said, Samaj Allure. And I'm like, whoa, I kind of like that. I'm like, where'd you get that? He <laughs> said, it's your first name spelled backwards. It's James spelled backwards. And I'm like, oh, really? Then he, I said, okay, so how did you come up with Allure? He said, I just took the A from your last name and threw it in front of the L. And it became Allure because my last name is actually is actually Luera. Ah, 
See, I love that. I love that story. Samaj Allure. And you are very alluring. I mean, <laughs> you were, you actually were a, a part of Existence 2019, yes. Yes, which was, was our first blast. big show. I mean, it was a blast, right? It really I mean, was. We had Lady Suge. We had Avalisa oh, yeah. Gallo. We had... Um, Indian tacos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you can't forget you. We had Persephone <laughs> yeah. and citrus. citrus. Yes, yes, and um, and why am I not thinking of her name right now? I can see her face. Yes, Rustina. Rustina. Yes, Rustina. Thank you so much. I can't like, remember the name. I of, see her face. I can't remember the name of the one that had the um big white feather wings. Oh, that was Avalisa. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Avalisa. Yep, Beautiful. Yep. And you know what? Now that I now that you think of it, I don't know what her performing name is. I can't remember. I don't think it's Avalisa. And you know, she's married now, so it's no longer Gallo, it's Ellicott. Oh, okay. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It's, it's like it's interesting because when you were talking about finding your drag name, now you know what it feels like as a trans person to try and figure out like what's the exactly. name that honors me. Like, yeah. I had all these names picked out, and then it was <laughs> just like my partner at the time was like, "I thought you were just gonna call yourself Eli." And it's a version of my given name, my birth oh, okay. name. And I had a beautiful story to go along with why I decided to do that that way. Because, like, I never really hated my birth name. Right. Um, you know, and I and I wanted to honor the name that I was given because I was actually named after two very strong, important women in my life. My mother and my aunt. Okay. I love and that. I, and my aunt I share a birthday with. We were both born on the 25th of June. So Pride Month is like a big, huge yes. celebration for me because I'm a June baby. Plus, right. You know, Pride. Exactly. So we got that whole thing. But anyway, so that whole story about you figuring out your drag name feels very much like it feels uh, <laughs> to to figure out what you want to call yourself if you're trans. So <laughs> yes. I appreciate that story. So can you share with me a little bit, you know, first of all, what had you get involved in drag? What, you know, like I know you shared about wanting to maybe go on RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race and that was the big thing and and uh, so did you ever submit a tape? Like, what did you do? Actually, for um, a few years ago, actually, I did um, download. I did enter my name in the um, into the website for um, season seven, I think it was. But I never um, pursued it because um, of the contract. Oh, that contract is very legally binding. Wow. Yeah. Like, so I didn't want to do any of that because once you sign that contract, you're basically theirs for a long time. Your social medias aren't yours. Your anything that you have isn't really yours. It's all World of Wonders. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that that way. And I said, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm not going to ride someone else's coattails. Oh, OK. Awesome. So, you know, saying that you do really love everything that has dra or that drag has to offer, can you tell me um, if there's, let's say there's a young person who's listening who would love to do drag one day, um, what would you say to them about living out their dream to doing drag? Um, what I would say to them is go for it. You know, if you, if you want to do it, you know, we're all put here on earth for a reason and that's to be happy to find love and show others love you know so if you can't exude that from within where is it going to come from 
And for me, when I first started doing drag, it wasn't it wasn't because I wanted to be a famous star or anything. What I wanted to do was just, you know, put on makeup, put on some heels and try it out. And my very first time, I I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So anything that I want to say to a young person that's doing it or is going to do it, it is expensive. <laughs> it is expensive. But yes. but honestly, you know, you go and you see these shows and you see these drag kings and queens with all these really elaborate costumes, you know, and they're shiny and sparkly. You don't have to start that way, you know. I didn't start that way. I honestly, when I started, I had a dress from Hot Topic. (laughs) (laughs) I had a dress from Hot Topic. I couldn't, didn't know where to buy wigs in Sioux City because we didn't really have wig stores. So I just would straighten my real hair out and use my real hair. Wow. And my makeup, it was horrible, (laughs) horrible to start out with, but we all start somewhere. And. There's going to be a point, just like with anything, where you feel like you have hit a wall. You know, where you feel like this isn't going anywhere. I'm stuck here. Don't feel like that. Do not feel like that. Or don't give in to that. Yes. Push through it. And once you push through that first barrier, the rest of the barriers will seem easier. It's Mm -hmm. always the first hump that's hard. So don't give up. Pursue your dreams. If it makes you happy, you do it. Speaking of happy, (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly it. I mean, I can't tell you how many barriers I had to push through my own self-talk and different things to actually make this trailer come to fruition, you know, because there were so many people that were like, what, you're going to do what? Oh my God. Like, have you ever towed a trailer behind a truck before? I'm like, no. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, have you ever, you know, and so I'm just like... Do I have to know that? I mean, it can't be that difficult. Right. You can always learn. (laughs) Exactly. And you know what? It hasn't been that difficult. I've had some fears. I've had some things I've had to bust bust through. But again, it's like it's, it's more like what I find, and maybe you see this true in performing and doing drag, is I find that there are naysayers because they don't want you to be successful. No, they don't. Because they don't want you to live your dreams out. They want to kind of suppress you from... They want to keep you where you're at. Yeah. Because then if they keep you where you're at, you're more controllable. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that brings me to this question, right? Yes. What does pride mean to you? Pride means to me... Okay. Um, pride to me is... Okay. You know that little in those little insecurities about yourself that you have, you know, I have big feet, I have fat feet, I have a big nose, I have, you know, I myself, I have scoliosis, you know, I have greasy skin, all of that, you know, growing up, you know, people used to say that I had ugly hair because it was curly, you know, and I'd be teased about it all the time. But what pride to me is taking all of those little insecurities that you have about yourself and that other people have led you to believe that that is wrong about you. Embrace them. Embrace all of them. Mm. Because right there, that is what makes you a unique person. So you take that 
and you turn that into pride. And once you're there, you can love, you can laugh. Someone comes at you with fire, you go at them with water and laugh. You know, I just put you out. <laughs> you know, I didn't ruin you. I just put you out. Yeah. So oh my God, I love that. I now can't. we're going to move on. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to just pull that one little segment out and share it wildly <laughs> with the world because that is so true. Take what others are judging you as wrong and celebrate those things because that actually is where you will find your fire. Yep. And that's just so beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Yes. It's a very powerful statement. What would you say um, drag has done for you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> drag for me. Okay, before, I, you know, I was always loud, outgoing, friendly, whatever. But drag for me has actually opened me up a lot more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially once I get in, okay, everyone always kind of says that I change just a little once I'm in drag because she gives me that just a little bit more confidence than what I don't have normally. Like, um, say for instance, I'm at a drag show. I can walk around in a leotard and be fine showing legs, chest, arms. But as a boy, I'm like, I need to cover this much of my legs. I need to cover this much of my arm, you know, because my boy body to me is somewhat insecurity. But at the same time, you know, someone walks up to me and calls me fat. I'm like, yeah, so am I. Or yeah, I am. So are you. <laughs> so am I. I know you are. <laughs> right. And, you know, like my friends, we always tease each other about, you know, Ooh, she just big because we want go up and get extras or something, you know, <laughs> or order two of the biggest thing that's there, you know. But you know, when when we say that to each other, we're not actually putting each other down. It's yeah, to us, it's just sharpening our claws. You know, we sharpen our claws with each other so that way, there when someone you know from the outside of the community comes at you, you know, sideways. Sometimes you do have to fight fire with fire. Yeah. But that is the last resort. It was always the last resort. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really important that you just shared what you did because, you know, there is. And, and again, sometimes it can, there can be a fine line with this. But that, that you know, gentle prodding and, and yeah. chiding of one another and, you know, not really making fun of but, but laughing together. Yeah. I know that happened a lot at Existence. I can hear y'all backstage, you know, saying things to each other. And I know Lady Suge is really, really big in the oh, whole, like, she, she can was a serve hoot. it. She can serve it. So, <laughs> but I think that's important because it does build that resiliency, it right? Does. It does. Because you know when you're among friends and you're joking with one another and you know that it's a joke. We can right. all tell when it's a joke and when someone is really being serious. Yes, right, yes. Right. Especially those of us who are LGBTQIA2S+, because yes. we have been picked on and bullied and abused outside yes. of our community yes. and sometimes even inside the community. Mm -hmm. And so it like helps to build up that resiliency. And I think that's a... It really does. Yeah, I think it's a really powerful um, uh, way to be about it. So... You know, what's one thing you wish people understood about who you are? One thing, um, one thing I wish people understood about me was, is that 
I wish that they wouldn't see me as as just being gay. You know, and that goes for everybody. You know, because once you're gay, you know, even in this community, you know, it's oh he's gay, don't talk to him. You know, some of them are still like that, and not too long ago they just had a vote on same-sex marriage here and it surprised me it really surprised me at the way the voting went because the voting it was all the younger ones on the council that voted no Mm. and it was all the older ones that voted yes wow and i actually thought it would have been the other way around but that's the way it was but then you think back you know at your elders you know and it's like some of them accept some of them don't you know um my grandmother accepted me Mm. full-heartedly in anything my aunt my auntie barb actually from when i since i can remember she always you know i was always into witches and vampires and all this and that you know so there she is you know like now out no halloween's nowhere near around but there she is putting makeup on me to make me look like the wicked witch of the west of my favorite (laughs) movie you know and she would even she even taught me at a young age you know she was like do you know what egyptian eyeliner is and i was like no so she showed me what it was and then did it on my face um she made me so many costumes growing up the the most memorable costume though was um cousinette (laughs) <laughs> she got like a shag uh, she got like that shag um carpet or yeah. like fabric um got a hoop skirt and then just started sewing everything together <laughs> cut me little eye holes and then put glasses over them that was the hottest costume in my life <laughs> and then what was even more entertaining about it is there was no arms <laughs> So there I am walking around, you know, <laughs> feeling how, like a penguin. How did you get any candy that, that year? <laughs> how did I get candy? Oh, uh, my mom went with me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she walked with you. She was the candy collector. Yes. I, I love that, though. You know, I hear that a lot with uh, folks who do perform and do drag, that like their persona on stage is the part of them that sometimes they feel uh, suppressed. Yeah. Or that they can't share it in their everyday life. And so they use drag as a way to release some of those energies. But I, but I've also heard a lot of drag queens say to me, but eventually I do become that person. Yeah. Even off stage. Yeah. And I'm able to, and, and Lazarus spoke to this as well. And just, feeling that confidence even when you're off stage yes and and having that show up in all areas of your life so i just think it's i think it's really important to understand you know the impacts the positive impacts of being a performer so i love that and i love that you shared that so can you also share with me um can i do asmr oh (laughs) (laughs) I guess you can, we both can. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so um, what was it like to come out to your family then? I know you shared about how your your aunt was very accepting and, and uh, 
you know, shared with you about makeup and all that. Yeah. Is there, do you have a favorite coming out story? Uh, my coming out story is kind of, you know, bland <laughs> because I didn't care, you know, I mean, growing up in high school and elementary, middle school, all of that. Yes, I did care. And when people would call me gay, I would automatically, you know, go into defense mode, ready to say, do or whatever to get the f attention off of me. Um, there was so many times that that happened, but I remember I had this one boyfriend one time and we started dating. I never actually came out. I just showed up and was like, oh, yeah, that's my boyfriend. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's basically my story. <laughs> my uh, actually, one of my heartfelt stories would actually have to be um, when I told my um, my Aunt Naomi about it. Mm. And at the time, you know, I was, I was still in high school. I literally sat there on the phone and cried to her. Because, like, like Lazarus had mentioned earlier, you know, yeah, there are times that you you go to bed and you're like, why can't I be normal? Why can't I just be normal for that one instant? You know, why can't, you know, I want that life too, you know, so nobody will mess with me anymore. Yeah. You know, like, and like he said, yes, there was many times that I prayed to be heterosexual, but... I'm glad that I'm not because if I was, I would feel like I was in a box only doing something for someone else, not myself. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, so true. And even though your coming out seems bland, really it wasn't. I mean, you, you challenged your family to think outside of the boxes they've been living in and you kind of also challenge them to do that work of learning on their own. Yeah. Well, like, hey, however you feel about it is how you're going to feel about it, but this is my boyfriend. See ya. Right. Well, <laughs> see, like, what made it easier for me is I had a role model my whole life. Okay, let me say this. My mother is my biggest fan. Yeah. God rest her soul. Ooh, give me a second. It's okay. We are in no hurries. But, um... My sister, my sister Alana, she's my biggest role model. She's lesbian. She's older than me, so honestly, with her coming out before me, made it easier for me, mm. you know. And I thank her for everything that she has ever done for me. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's okay. I know you just recently lost your mom. Um, we did a, okay, what I thought was really cool, um, what was that? May 7th, right? When we had the show at OMC in Omaha? Yeah. Um, my mom passed away April 3rd on my nephew's birthday. Mm. Um, and we were having one of my friends, um, Lucy Pixel from Sioux City, was having a show down at OMC in Omaha for um, oh I forget the main car uh, the main reason 
Back it up. <laughs> Back <laughs> but, that um, thing up. <laughs> I'm not sure if you could hear that beeping in there, but we could hear it in here. Right. Um, <laughs> so she had a show that we had, uh, Lazarus and I had been booked for um, way before my mom's even passing. And one day, like a week or two before the show, Lucy messages me and says, I have a few questions for you. I need you to answer. So I got on and I, you know, and said, you know, what's up? You know, I'm here. And she said, would would you be mad or would you accept it if I changed my show for your mom? Because it was it was a Mother's Day show to begin with originally, but she wanted to change the whole thing for my mom so we could help pay for medical bills and stuff like that. Oh wow! But being Native American, we the medical bills are going to be handled. So I told them that we were going to use it towards her headstone. Everything that we oh wow got from there was that Lucy Roxia. No, Lucy Pixel. Oh, Lucy Pixel. Okay. She's from Sioux City. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't she's know if a, I met her yet. No, she's a bio queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love her. Absolutely love her. Oh, well, that's awesome. I'm really glad that you were able to. Were you able to get a headstone for your mom? Um, We're still working on that. Okay. Yeah. The um, I still have the money put away. So when the time comes to actually start, you know, gathering for it, we're... We are well, actually have starter, so okay. Well, keep me well, keep me posted on I sure will. on that journey of that. I know what that's like. I unfortunately lost my mom to COVID in 2020. Oh, and, I'm so sorry. Uh, a week after she passed, I ended up hospitalized with COVID myself. Oh, so that was must have like been very scary. For that you. close to being intubated. Yeah. So. You know, and I look back on it, I spent 10 days outside her window because I, I didn't want to go in the yeah. room because I was afraid of getting COVID, and here I ended up with it anyway. Right. And I wasn't even going out. I was working from home. The only place that I went was home and then back outside with mom, outside her window. Yeah. But the air conditioning unit from the right room there. was blowing right out. And, you know, my, my significant other actually pointed that out and was like, maybe we should move over. Yeah. And, you know, but it was too late because I had already spent a number of different days where I was standing right in the window with the window open and I was talking to mom and playing music for her and just trying yeah. to make it comfortable. I had an elder come and pray with her and they actually did a releasing ceremony where they oh, um, where they basically are praying for her to release herself yeah. from her body. And so it was really beautiful because they, they actually cleaned her up and put her sit, sat her up in her wheelchair uh -huh. and they wheeled her over to the window and she was just so like, just so enraptured by the elder who yeah. was speaking in Lakota and she kept, you know, she kept going like this, you know, yeah. touching her chest and her heart and she blew him kisses when he was done and, and I just really, so you know, heartfelt. and then a few days later she passed. So... I know that feeling. I mean, yeah. there is no other. I mean, that's a deep grief to it lose is. a mother and, and to lose a mother who is supportive of us and our identities right. is another whole thing, too. Yes. So. I'm sorry. I know this is Samaj. I can't hear you, though, so get over there in the microphone. I'm sorry. I know this is Samaj's uh, interview, but um, I almost lost my whole family. 
due to COVID. Oh. Uh, my sister, uh, she was going to work every day and said that I guess a boy on her bus coughed in her face. Mm. And when he coughed in her face, well, she thought it was just, you know, just a regular cold. So my mom had to go and get her ready to take her to the hospital because she started feeling worse and worse. Yeah. And it went from her start feeling worse and worse. She had to be admitted in a hospital. Yeah. And my mom messaged me back and told me that my her and my dad was going to go <laughs> and get they self checked out and they had to end up being admitted in the hospital. Wow. And my mom got out before my dad and sister my dad started feeling worse, worse. Um, my dad ended up getting out. My sister was still in there. They was talking about putting her on a breathing machine, but they mm. said if she, if they put her on a breathing machine, yeah. said that they might lose her. Yeah. So I understand. I I I know what you mean when you say about that. This COVID thing has put everybody. And like a scare, yeah, and cause everybody. And I, I'm that's another thing. I'm glad that we having this, so everybody could come out and right. enjoy themselves. <laughs> yeah, and be able to come back and feel like it's safe to be back out again. Yeah. So it's really nice to 2020. That year of pride. That was that was the year of pride that actually was like never happened. You yeah. know. I mean, the most you could celebrate was, what, listening to iHeartRadio and dancing in your own bathroom? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, there were some Pride celebrations that ended up going virtual, but for folks who didn't have access to the internet yeah. and all of those things made it really hard. It was very isolating time. It was. Um, you know, and, and, it, and I actually didn't even really start to come back out again until 2021. Like oh, yeah. I would go out very briefly to go to different places, but I'm still even working from yeah. home. That's what's making this whole thing possible because I can uh, travel along and, you know, do my work when I need to be doing my work and yes. then be able to do this. Yeah. And so I'm really incredibly grateful because it's, it's kind of transformed the way my work sees our work Yes. and yes, that yes. I can actually do the work that I'm doing from anywhere. So, and they've been really supportive of, of what I'm doing with this. But I'm going to ask you one final question because we are at the end of our time here. But we have shared so many really powerful things that it just kind of we just kind of kept going. And then <laughs> yeah. I appreciate what you shared um, about your family. And I'm so grateful to know that they're all still here and with us. Um, but it was a very difficult time for everyone, for sure. So, um, what do you wish was different about the way that others see our community? Honestly, um, I just, like I said earlier, I just wish they wouldn't see us as, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, and all the others that come along, you know, because we are all still people no matter what. And there was a thing that I watched the other day. It said that the LGBTQ plus community <laughs> is actually um they said they're hold on how do i put it they said that we are actually like divine beings put here for a reason to balance out the feminine and masculine energies 
I said, because we cannot live in a masculine dominated or a female dominated. We need the yin and yang for both. And that's why they say that we were divinely put here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that we are, you know, that gender is way more expansive and that this whole, you know, colonizer way of being and this forced assimilation around the gender binary and that if you were born assigned male, God forbid you put on makeup and wear a dress and, you know, and just really challenging all of those things and saying that, look, we're just going to flip all this over and we're going to, we're going to flip the script on you. And we're going to be who we are, whether you like it or not. Exactly. Because it makes us happy. It don't necessarily have to make you happy. It makes me happy. Yeah. So what makes me happy is what I'm going to do. And you know what I always think is that those folks who are so against us, it's because they are so unhappy and have yet to find their happy place. Yeah. Exactly. Get over there in the microphone <laughs> if you're going to be talking. Not only that, <laughs> it's, it's like this. Uh, if you're unhappy with yourself... Why be unhappy with me, who I am? Yeah, why put that on me? You are exactly right. I really, really, really have enjoyed these interviews with the two of you today. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and I just want to say one more thing for all the children out there or all the young, the youth. um, LGBTQ plus or not, you know, if you're listening to this and if you honestly... If you need help with anything, you know, with, like she said, or like um, both of you said earlier, you know, with the mind, the spirit, the heart, anything, don't be afraid to reach out and get that help. That's what it's there for. You know, it. you're not going to be confined in a box just because you went and talked to, you know, a therapist. I talked to a therapist in my, di- in my darkest times to get over a few of the little demons that were... St- put before me against my will but it helped me a lot and it helped me take those hardships and turn it into a fire of passion and willingness to help other people because if you can't help other people why are you here you know we're all here to help each other and be here for each other you know love is light and light is good oh yes yes love is light and light is good, and love is love. That is so true. Again, thank you so much for joining me today on these interviews. This was Samaj Allure thank and Lazarus was the prior interview. Yeah, see, I got it right that time. Um, but like I said, I've been here all day uh, doing interviews at the Winnebago Super Pride Carnival, which I believe they are wrapping up now. I think they were only going to be here until about four o'clock. I'm still going to be conducting some more interviews, so stick around. I'm going to I'm going to be uploading these as I can this afternoon. I've been kind of busy with interviews though, so <laughs> haven't been able to upload them as quickly as I have liked. But thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, appreciate you listening. Please keep listening and follow us on all of the socials. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. This has been another episode of Speaking of Happy.